Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back. Well, it seems uh, virtually from his sickbed heels, Mal Meninga has been busy uh, drawing the red line through a few names and uh, has come up with his starting 17 that he, we think may take him through deeper into this World Cup. Ooh. But the man who does know is Jake Duke. He's been on the trip right the way through from Fox Sports, doing a sensational job, uh, as he does all the time. Jake, thanks for joining us this morning. No problem, guys. Good to be here. Now, I might get, we'll get the family side of it out of the way first. Uh, Hills, there's there's a connection here somewhere, oh, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Jake's mum, Kylie, is uh, best friends of my wife, Helen, at <laughs> school, and they catch up uh, reasonably regularly or infrequently, really. But, uh, yeah, yeah, very close, Jake. Um, yeah, we're very proud of the work you're doing. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Hills. <laughs> yeah, Brisbane State High girls. Uh, mum, mum talks about it all the time. She says, Used to be a little claim to fame. Oh, I know Ian Healy. I know his wife. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a little claim to fame for a very long time. Yeah, she used to rein a few of us in. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. How's the tournament been over there, mate? Like, uh, what, what's your underlying sense of the Rugby League World Cup? Oh, it's been unreal so far. The, first of all, we've had fantastic weather. I know uh, the east coast of Australia has copped a bit of a hammering with weather, but we've uh, had pretty much sunny days here uh, in the north of England, which is kind of unheard of. I was sitting at a game the other night in just a, a button-up T-shirt uh, in the north of England in St. Helens. So the weather's been great. But, uh, yeah, the atmosphere, fantastic. We had the uh, women's start last night. It was a good uh, crowd up in York. And uh, just all the games we've been to, people have been out and about really enjoying the rugby league. There's posters everywhere you go. There's banners flying in the street. And, uh, you know, this is a, obviously a, a country dominated by by football, but yeah, you would know that the Rugby League World Cup is on and a lot of fans turning up to Kangaroos training every day, a lot of Pommy fans down there getting a, a glimpse of these you know, NRL heroes they don't see too often, so it, it's well and truly alive here in the UK, it's been unreal. Jake, up top, you know, within the hierarchy, is there much of a concern about some of these blowout results in the early rounds or is it just part of the... It's the system that we're going to try and spread rugby league as far and as wide as we can. I think that's just the teething problems, isn't it, Welsh? In terms of if you're spreading this game to countries that have never really played it before, you know, you think Greece apparently was illegal to play rugby league in, in Greece for a long yeah. time, and then they're playing now on, on the world stage. So I think you're going to get those results with just nations that are so... Uh, dominant with rugby league, especially Australia, obviously being the the, the, um, the the number one competition in the world. We saw with the women's last night, obviously the NRLW is so big and our girls put a score on the Cook Islands. It's just, I think, teething problems. But if you're going to keep expanding and, and that's what the international game wants to do, I, I heard, I read that Andrew Abdo today was thinking about expanding into the US a bit more. So they want to keep taking rugby league far and wide. So you're going to have these countries that, 
are just a little bit behind on development. But what do you do? Otherwise, you just say it's all too hard and the lopsided scorelines are too big and, and just keep it as, you know, basically played on the east coast of Australia. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a good thing. It's just, um, you know, it'll, it'll take a bit of time for these countries to catch up. But look at Tonga, look at Samoa, look how far they've come in yeah. the last couple of years. Look at the PNG hunters who play in the Queensland Cup. Uh, you know, so you, you've got to take risks and, you know, wear the results at the start and it'll it'll pay dividends in the end, I think. Mm, you talk about all this awareness in England or the, definitely the north of England. Have the Rugby League World Cup used our teams, the big nations, to go out to clinics or appearances at clubs and any any of that going on? We've spent a lot of time with the Kangaroos and they have done that. Uh, they've been out and about to... Uh, universities and kids clinics and oh, uh, a lot of things. And as I said, when they're training in different places all over the country, people come to, to see them and get a, a look at them. So yes, I would think they have been doing that. Um, they've been having civic receptions in places they've gone, um, you know, things with the mayor and different towns yeah. and they're in Coventry. And so it, it has been, uh, yeah, definitely spreading the message and, trying to get rugby league out there as much as possible. And uh, the NRL players, the, the, the kangaroos are obviously the, the superstars and the main attraction, yeah. but they've also, you know, they're trying to win a tournament as well. So they can't, they are wary of doing too much and spreading the players too thin because, you know, they're training a lot and then they're playing games and it's also a big thing. They're away from home. So they need some downtime and time to relax. And it's also, it is a fun, enjoyable tournament as well. It's not, as intense as origin camps and things like that, where you know the players are given yep. a bit of freedom to have a bit of fun and a bit of a life and enjoy a, a foreign place. So I think the, the balance is pretty good. All right, we better get down to the nitty-gritty. First of all, we'll talk about team selections in a second, but, mate, how bad is this virus going through the team? Look, I, I think I've had it, to be honest. So <laughs> it, it's a, probably a... Uh, it's a a rough 48 hours, okay. I would say, of just, you know, the, the usual virus symptoms, cough, uh, sweats and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you, you do shake it pretty quick and then you, you're back to your best. So I, I think it's gone through a fair bit of the camp uh, and the staff as well. Um, Big Mal obviously is, is suffering a little bit at the moment. He said he's he has uh, issues with a bit of vertigo as well. So Ooh. it's just the kind of standing up that he might kind of topple over at some point. So... Yeah. Um, that's his worry, but he seems to be getting a bit better. And and obviously, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a, a rugby league camp without a virus, right? Was, <laughs> you guys are Queenslanders; yeah. you do that better than anyone. Uh, so, but we've never had one. There's, there's got to be a story. There's got to be a story uh, for us to talk about as well. So, I think they're all right. Watching them all train, no one really missed training today. I think they're all pretty sweet. I think you'd have to, you know, cut off their legs to not play a quarterfinal on a World Cup for the Kangaroos. As Paddy said, Mel seems to have uh, settled on seventeen for this this game. Anyway, is that any signs for the future? Right centre, uh, half back, that type of position. Yeah, he said today, Mel Meninga, when we spoke to him, he said Nathan Cleary is the number seven and. He wants him to hold on to this jersey for a very long time. He says he thinks he is the future of the Kangaroos. So it's essentially on Nathan Cleary now. He's got the seven jersey. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans has uh, been relegated to the bench for this game. He's mainly there for cover because Cleary has had a little bit of that virus. And uh, James Tedesco is just carrying a a, a niggling injury. That's why Cherry Evans is on the bench. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's going to be Nathan Cleary, the number seven. If Australia progress and keep playing well, this is his team now. That's what Mal Meninga told him. 
Uh, other than that, the 17 you see this week will be pretty close to the side, I would think, barring injury, that will run through this tournament. Uh, you've got Latrell, Mitchell, Jack White in the centres, Valentine Holmes and Fox on the wing, Tedesco's the fullback, Munster, Cleary, Jake Jaboyevich and Tino are the front rowers. The only difference here is that uh, Ben Hunt is sitting out this week. Harry Grant will play number nine and will play the full 80. That's because Ben Hunt played the full 80 last week. So they're giving each other a rotation and then Mal will decide whether he goes with uh, both of them later in the tournament. Then the back rowers, Liam Martin, Angus Crichton, Isaiah Yo is the lock. And then we know that the two bench spots so far, DCE will have one. Uh, and uh, the other one has... Split my mind. Who is it? Cameron Cotter. Murray. Sorry, we'll oh, have Cameron. one other bench spot, and yep. then the other spots are kind of up for grabs. But it's uh, that's looking like a, a pretty solid fifteen or sixteen players that you'll see throughout the rest of the tournament. Mm. Carrigan, mate, is he in the thinking? I would think he would be one of those other two bench spots. He's in the nineteen at the moment, uh, but Mal has just kind of confirmed those 15 guys today uh, just in his conversations and interviews he did on Fox and press conferences uh, but the other spots as I said there's two spots and there's either uh, Carrigan, Collins uh, Campbell, Graham or Reuben Cotter yeah. so those four guys getting into two spots but I would if I was a betting man I'd probably think Lindsay Collins will get one and Pat Carrigan will get one um, and then Regan Campbell-Gillard is also the other factor. He's yeah. not playing this week because he's got a cork, but he might be a guy that pushes into one of those front row spots as well. Jeez, it's an embarrassment of wealth, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good side. It'll be a tough, tough ass to beat that side, but the Kiwis are pretty good. Uh, and we know that they'll meet in the semi-final if both teams take care of business this weekend. Obviously, the Australians play Lebanon, and then uh, the Kiwis, uh, they take on Fiji. So... If those two teams win it, you'll get a semi-final, Ellen Road in Leeds, Australia v New Zealand. So that'll be that'll be pretty big. Yes, that's what they've got to resist. You know, talking about uh, later on in this tour, there's only three more games, and one of them's against Lebanon. So it's time to get things right, and it looks like they're doing that. They're starting to settle nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Look, they've been pretty unbeatable uh, in their first three games. They've looked pretty slick and that's chopping and changing the lineup a lot so now that you've got probably the best 17 players um you know from the almost in the nrl really uh, lining up in one side now that you'll start to see them get a bit of a flow on and and, and the big thing for Malman ingram he said really why the, the main reason why nathan cleary won out over daily cherry evans is, is the combinations as well the likes of isaiah yo liam martin those guys being in the side, the Penrith guys, and, and how crucial the kind of interplay between your lock forward and your halfback and your halfback and your edgeback rower is, having those guys in the side has been the, one of the big factors on why Nathan got the nod. So yeah. these combinations in these sides is just going to be a big factor that pushes this Australian side through the competition, you would think. Hey, we're keeping you from your dinner, but just quickly, what, what's been the sense over there about Michael Checker? Has it got much of the headlines of him trying to coach two teams this week, which is a, it's a remarkable story, <laughs> mate, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Uh, he's, he's an impressive guy, Michael Checker. I went and interviewed him uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I walked into the, the team room, and he's on the phone, and he's speaking French to someone, uh, trying to negotiate one of his Argentinian players out of their, uh, you know, contract for the week so they could come and join the camp. And then 
he comes and tells me in all the other languages he's kind of self-taught himself just yeah. to coach rugby. Like he's a he's a, a real deep thinker. He's a chilled guy. He's a, a really nice guy. Um, and uh, yeah, look, he said to me that he was keen that he wanted to run one day coach in the NRL. And I think that'd be unreal for the game. I think, and I think he'd pick it up right. And a lot of coaching these days is the man management and trying to get the best out of individual guys. You can hire the guys to do the technical aspects or the guys that might know, you know, the rugby league um, intricacies really well. And that's why he's got Matt King and Robbie Farrell working for him uh, in Lebanon, the Lebanon camp. So he's just the guy that needs to get into these guys' heads and, and kind of have that magic dust. And we've seen it. He's had it with the, uh, the Argentine uh, rugby union side. But he's doing something amazing this week. I can't imagine many people have ever done this, to coach one country in one code on Friday night and then come Sunday, he's coaching Argentina against England, I believe they play, yeah. uh, here in another code. It's, it's quite amazing. Um, but a, a guy like Michael Checker can pull it off. <laughs> maybe maybe he, uh, he pulls off two massive upsets this weekend. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> imagine that. Uh, that, that's why they're called head coaches now, I reckon, Paddy. I, Jake, I've been questioning exactly what the head coach might do these days with the dugouts so full of other coaches, but it's he, the head coach means get in the heads of the players. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. What, do you. what are you thinking about Tonga and Samoa? Interesting one. Interesting one. Look, Samoa, they were the great disappointments in that first round, weren't they? Yep. You know, you look across their side and it's, so many Penrith players in that back line. Um, and then they go out and get wallops by England by 60 points. And everyone thinks, oh, no, you know, are they in, are their heads in it? Have they just been over here having a good time? Uh, and then they've kind of bounced back. They have bounced back. They put on some big scores. But that being said, you know, not the quality of opposition that Tonga will be. Uh, I've been inside the Tonga camp a little bit. Um, I think Tonga, I think, are a real smoky. They've had a lot of injuries a lot of guys kind of in and out at different times mm-hmm. um, at times where their captain will hop away wasn't even playing other guys were kind of missing games through injury jason tamalolo suspended yep. so now if they can get their best side on the field against samoa this week and everyone's fit and playing i think they're actually a, a very very strong side a side capable of being in the final um on on november 20 uh australia time anyway so Look, we know that they they don't fear these big sides, Tonga. They've beaten uh, a long time ago in 2019, the last time internationals yeah. were played, but they, they beat Australia, they beat New Zealand. Um, so they will they will believe they can. And Samoa, I mean, if they click and they're at their best, they've got talent, a lot of talent. So that that might be the game of the weekend, I reckon. I think yeah. it is going to be the game of the weekend. You've got the... The war dances beforehand. You've got, you know, two teams with so much to prove. You know, two island nations that a lot of respect, but then a lot of, you know, physicality between them. So that'll be absolutely unreal, that game on Sunday. A lot of good quarterfinals this weekend. Some really good footy ahead in the World Cup if you're you're up early in Australia and you can enjoy them. Uh, We'll be up early. Hey, uh, send the bill for your ruined teppanyaki to (laughs) SEN. We'll fix that for you. Uh, You've been more than generous with your time, mate. And all I can say is you're doing a sensational job over there at the World Cup for Fox. Uh, We're loving watching all your your reports. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Jake Juke joining us there as we head into the quarterfinals of the Rugby League World Cup. 
Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.